welcome to Teaching Without Losing It. We have been taking a look at the past couple of episodes at the um, responses to conflict. And these are the four F's according to uh, the book I've been referencing. It's called Complex PTSD from Surviving to Thriving by Pete Walker. Um, So we've already touched on fight and flight, which as uh, in my understanding was those were the two most common. Um, When I began my own therapy, uh, my therapist clued me in on freeze and fawn. Um, So today we're going to focus on freeze. And again, these are responses to conflict. So these are um, behaviors that people develop as coping mechanisms in their childhood, typically, but not necessarily. Um, You know, could be any traumatic environment, um, you know, maybe a first long-term relationship, something along those lines. Uh, For me, these developed in childhood. Um, They continued to present throughout a lot of my life. However, um, I'm sort of trying to look at these now through the lens of our students, which is why I wanted to do this four-part series. Um, You know, again, I'm no psychologist. I'm certainly no expert. I'm not even sure quite what I'm, you know, if I'm giving anybody anything helpful uh, through this particular series. But I found it very interesting. I thought some other people might find it interesting. Um, You know, I think it's so easy for us to pigeonhole our kids as, well, they just don't want to do any work or, you know, they just want everything handed to them. Or, you know, they come in just looking for a fight and I'm not going to deal with it. And, you know, it's our own stress at having to manage these kids um, when we make statements like that, right? Uh, We just want to kind of wave a magic wand or paint it with a broad brush and say, you know, this is, this is what's happening, but there's always, it's always complicated. Everybody's reaction to everything is always complicated. So we're first going to look at the detrimental characteristics of the freeze response. Um, the first one is codependent. Um, and if you're unfamiliar with that term, um, Another way to describe codependency that I have uh, heard through another author named Ross Rosenberg is self-love deficit disorder. Um, Codependents are the kind of people who are giving to a fault. They will overlook others' um, negative or abusive behavior over and over and over and over again. You know, they're the types who I think they can love uh, the pain out of somebody and make them a, a quote, better person. And I, I can speak from personal experience on this matter. So codependent is the first uh, trait listed in the freeze category of the responses to conflict. Um, the second one is hiding. I think that can be literal or it can be figurative. Um, I would guess that you, like me, saw a lot of this happening during COVID. Boy, some of those kids really loved those masks. Oh, my gosh. Um, It was, you know, as if they're not already socially anxious enough. You know, they've got their phones to retreat into. And, you know, chit-chatting with other people they don't know is very stressful for them. And then when we added 
the pandemic in and the literally the mask they could hide behind, um, I think that really made it a lot worse for a lot of people. And with those masks coming off, you know, we may be seeing some real, quote, hiding behaviors now that they don't have the mask, you know. I have a kid in one of my classes this year. Who I'm, man, I'm having a hard time figuring him out. He's, he's this. He's a hider. Um, he will not make eye contact with me. He will not speak with the other students in class. I've, I've spoken to him twice about this. I've spoken to his parents. Um, I'm talking to his other teachers. I'm really trying to figure out what's going on with him. Um, and another thing he does is every day he asks to go to the bathroom during my class. Um, I have been letting him go. I'm going to talk with him about this, though, because I'm sort of trying to get him comfortable with me and that, you know, he can trust me and blah, blah, but, but he'll leave for 10 minutes. I, he's, he's hiding. Clearly he's just hiding. He wants to just disappear and go away and he doesn't want to be in my class. And, um, I, I've spoken to some of his other teachers. They're seeing similar behaviors. So it's not just a, an issue in my class. Um, so anyway, there you go. Hiding. Uh, another one they list is camouflaging, which, I think these are the kids who, you know, want to sit in the back. If you allow kids to pick their own seats, they just don't want to be seen. They don't want to be called on. They don't want to engage. They don't want to participate. You know, and that is the kid I've got now. Um, another one is isolation. Um, the next one, <laughs> I don't know if this is an official term, it's couch potato. Um, I think the, you know, the idea that they are just, you know, lying around and doing nothing is a coping mechanism for them. Uh, the next one is even a little bit more insulting. and He calls it space case. <laughs> um, I think space cadet is what we might have said uh, in, in my generation when we were younger. Um, I think it's the idea of someone who, you know, quote, spaces out. Um, they're daydreaming or they're um, just mentally not there you know, just checked out. Uh, the next one is hermit. Um, I think this is interesting. Uh, the next one is, uh, it says achievement phobic. Now we do have, I have had students who have a fear of failure. I don't know if this is the same thing, but you know, in the fear of failure mindset, um, in this twisted way, they say to themselves, well, if I don't really try and I fail it, then I haven't really failed. So these kids will get F after F after F, but in their own minds, they haven't failed because they never put in any effort to begin with because they're so scared of putting in the effort and then failing because that will make them a true failure. So again, just my interpretation that this might be what's going on. Um, Another one says domestic violence victim. And this is interesting that this is in this column because I haven't really looked at this honestly since I've been dealing with this new student of mine. But when I first reached out to his counselor about him, you know, one of the first things she said was, well, have you contacted home? And I said, I don't, I haven't because I'm a little worried this might be this behavior might be because of home. Something just seems that way to me. Something seems off with this kid. Um, and I 
I do worry that he's getting um, that he's getting hurt by somebody somewhere, um, and you know it's it's it very well could be what's happening. Um, the next um, trait they list is uh, ADD. Um, you know, nowadays we call it ADHD. Um, you know, type one, type two, combined type. But I think what he means by ADD is just the um, the type that does not involve hyperactivity. So again, just daydreaming, going somewhere else in their mind, etc. Um, so I think a lot of us, I imagine, have seen kids like this. Um, it's sad, you know. We want to help them, um, but some of this stuff, honestly, is this is too this is too big for us. And I'm not saying just give up and write them off, but you know, if given our best efforts to intervene and reach out to all the sources we can, which again is what I've done with this kid already this year, you know, if you can't make it, if you can't make it through to them, or you can't even make a dent, you know, that's definitely not something to beat yourself up about because these are psychological issues. Um, and it's heavy. And, you know, not everybody who comes to our classes is ready to learn. Um, and it could be everything, as you know, from not having been fed a breakfast to uh, domestic violence at home to neglect. Um, there's all kinds of things that are out of our control. So um, don't, please don't beat yourself up um, because you can't fix a kid you know, that's not our job. Um, we do, you know, obviously interventions are our job, but beyond that, you know, there's not much we can do, sadly. So anyway, um, having gone over the detrimental characteristics, let's move on to the positive characteristics of a freeze response. Um, the first one is acute awareness. I would guess that um, these are the people who, well, this, I shouldn't say I guess. I mean, I know it because I lived it. Um, I think these are the people who sense a, a weird vibe, you know. Um, I call it Spidey Senses from Spider-Man. You know, when you can just feel someone's energy changing um, and it's not changing for the better. I think that's what acute awareness is. And it's a very, very valuable survival skill. It certainly was in, in my house as a kid. Um, so, you know, that could actually come in handy in a classroom. Um, if you have a student who's got that sense going on, you know, you can maybe even somehow make a connection with them. Like, you know, if you, see, if you hear something, say something. If you see something, say something to me type thing. Um, the next one is mindfulness. The third one is, this is interesting, poised readiness. Poised readiness. Um, so, again, you know, I don't know what your interpretation of that is. Um, I have one in my mind, but it doesn't apply to my students per se. I have it with my uh, a really good friend of mine. Um, she is uh, definitely a freeze um, from her own childhood trauma. But one of the things I notice when she will throw a party, she is just the consummate host. 
um, it's almost performative. You know, she will make her way around to everybody at the party and it's just this big, broad smile. It's a very calm demeanor. It's, oh, would you do you need your drink? Would you like me to get you another drink? Almost like a, a corporate event, but it's at her house. Does that make sense? So that poised readiness, it's like she can't just, she can't just relax um, and enjoy herself. So to me, that poised readiness, that's a really good asset at a corporate event at a party at your own home, um, you should be, no, not should, that's very judgmental. You, um, it would be nice if you could dial that down a little bit, you know what I mean? And just relax. Um, so I can see that being a positive, you know, in the right circumstance. Um, the next two honestly confuse me a little bit. It is, uh, peace, P-E-A-C-E, and presence. I can't say I quite know what he means by those, but, you know, um, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> Again, I'm just simply trying to prevent, to uh, present this stuff and, uh, you know, kind of see if it rings any bells with some of your students and come, maybe we can come up with ways to, uh, home in on these positive things to reach them and, um, you know, get them on board with what we're trying to do with them. So anyway, um, thank you all again for listening, and I, uh, I really do appreciate it. If you ever have any questions or comments, you can always email at teachingwithoutlosingit at yahoo.com. Thank you again.